1: Our next guest is on this time every Wednesday morning because he's brilliant. He's a great guy. He's really a, a dear, dear friend of both of ours. And in fact, I annoy this guy all the time, but it is what it is. Puts up that great Instagram and tweet every Tuesday, Wednesday before his appearance. Here he is, the better part of four decades as the best politician, in our opinion, in New York history, right there with Willie Giuliani, the great Peter King. Good morning, Peter. Welcome back. How are you, buddy?
0: I'm doing okay, but you guys kept me waiting two minutes. I'm supposed to be on at 7.40. Now, almost 740. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: I it's Louis Fino's fault. I used to do this. Yeah, yeah I know. Well, when, you have, when you're number one in the city, we have all these advertisers, people. don't true, have a choice. Right. So. By the way,
0: speaking of that, i just yeah. give you one minute on this story. I'm walking down the street the other day, actually getting out of my car. A neighbor comes by. I really had not seen him in years. Tom Melton, walking his dog. He says, how's Bernie doing? Nothing about how I'm doing, how's retirement treating me. <laughs> he hasn't seen me in years. <laughs> Last night. I'm at Awake. A good friend of mine, Alan Ryan from Brooklyn, is, Sorry. is a longtime NYPD guy. Yeah. In fact, he had been at the crime scene the night that uh, John Gotti was killed. Great guy. His wife passed away after a long illness. But, you know, at mm-hmm. Irish events like this, Awake, is Bernie knows, uh, like, there's a lot of camaraderie and people mm-hmm. try to say good things. So People were talking. This woman, Nancy McGuire, comes up to me. I had never even met her before. And she says, I want to know, why do I know more about Sid Rosenberg's personal life than my own family? Every time (laughs) I turn on, I know everything Sid's ever done in his life. So she's talking about you. And with that, this other retired cop, uh, Charlie Norton, comes up to me. He goes, hey, tell Sid I said... uh, uh, drinking the Gemini Lounge. Great place. I wasn't Gemini. So. <laughs> so right. so here I am. All I'm oh. about it is you. I feel like I'm nothing. I'm oh,
1: that's great. No, that happens every day. I know. It's good to hear that the folks around you, but they associate you with the show, which is a big deal, Peter. Now, look, I felt badly. I'm sure Bernie does, too. We played the audio a bunch of times now from the Ranger game last night where the Ranger fans really were tough on Kathy Hochul. My recommendation to Kathy is if she worries more about the people that kill people rather than illegal guns, next time she goes back to the Garden, she may get applause instead of boos. I know you like her, Peter, but the truth is the Ranger fans, they got it right last night.
0: You know, what I've said about Kathy Hochul, I did work with her in Congress. She was on my committee. She was then a very reasonable person, her husband was a former prosecutor. And, uh, no, but she's very, very, very much disappointed me since she became governor. I really thought it would be a, a move back to, you know, toward the middle. She'd be uh, at least a traditional Democrat, moderate Democrat. You'd still disagree with her, but you would understand where she was coming from. I never thought she would go this way on bail reform and all these issues. She sounds like uh, I mean such a progressive left-winger, and that was never her. Listen. When she was the county clerk up in Erie County, she wouldn't give driver's licenses to illegal immigrants. I mean, she was on the right side of her party, and now she's just sold out, and it's really bad. And as far as listen, any politician who goes to a uh, sporting event, uh, yeah, you're going to run that risk. But last night was over and above. I mean, (laughs) I would say that the range of fans. Basically, whether they're making $10 million or $10, they are blue-collar fans. Yes. I mean, they really are. Yes. And uh, blue-collar people can go Democrat, they can go Republican, and certain, you know, but when it comes to issues like crime and law and order and the rioting we show in the streets and everything else and this whole thing with bail reform, uh, they are 100% against what Kathy Hochul is standing for right now. And I think what you saw in Madison Square Garden last night is, to a large extent, what we saw in Nassau County last year, where you had communities that had never voted Republican, hadn't voted Republican in years, uh, throughout the Democrats. We had the city of Green Cove, Tom Suozzi's hometown, uh, the city council, there was five to one Democrat and a Democratic mayor. Without uh, again, there was never a focus of our attention, the Republican attention. We ended up winning the mayor's spot and taking five out of the six council seats. A total, total reversal. And they were basically, again, moderate-type Democrats. Yes, some Republicans, some conservatives were basically a lot of blue-collar Democrat style, and they uh, just turned on the Democrats. That's going to happen. Kathy Hochul, if I were, I don't know, maybe go to... Uh, uh, I, I don't know, some knitting show or something, or maybe <laughs> right. I don't know. You know maybe they like it there, but it's, uh, it's
2: out of some. Yeah, yeah so, so, so exactly, some baking uh, contest or whatever the hell it is. You know, the spineless, the spinelessness and the pandering is nauseating, and it's costing people lives. That's it is, yeah. the range of fans stood up big time yesterday. Let's go Rangers is what I'm saying, Congressman <laughs> King. Hey, speaking of which, a poll came say? out. Yes.
0: What did you say? I'm, I missed you. Let's though. go Brandon. <laughs> I like
2: that. That's funny. You know, that's funny right there. A Congressman Peter King on the Bernie and Sid show. A poll came out yesterday. Lee Zeldin actually inches out, edges out, I should say, Kathy Hochul in a poll. I mean, are you predicting a uh, Republican victory in November over uh, the aforementioned uh, spineless uh, Hochul?
0: Yeah, listen, we start off three million voters behind. Uh, But yes, it can be done. Lee is running a very strong campaign. And that poll, by the way, was done by uh, John McLaughlin, who was my pollster for 28 years. And John has always been on the mark. And uh, he doesn't always make you feel good. I mean, he uh, showed me a poll, I remember, back in 2006 at Labor Day. I was winning by 20 points. I figured I could go on vacation. And then he went through <laughs> the poll and showed me why I was really – I could be in trouble. It was going to be a bad year for Republicans. John can read through the numbers. His po- you know, people see a poll. They see numbers, you know, 45, 44. That poll is probably about 800 pages long. They go through every analysis of every type of vote, every ethnic background, gender, uh, political affiliation, how old you are, what part of the state you live in. And they also measure how strongly you force somebody. You know, the bottom line is 45-44. But of that 45, how many are really strong? How many of the 44 are really strong? How many are susceptible to changing? And if John has Lee ahead, then Lee is ahead. And it's going to be a long, rough road from now to November. Because Lee's Zeldin, even though he, he was a, you know, he's a veteran, he was a paratrooper, he's done everything. He's still going to be hit with everything imaginable. Between now and November, by the left-wing media and by the Democrats, and uh, Lee is tough, and he is uh, uh, lieutenant governor uh, candidate uh, is a great. Uh, she, she's former NYPD. She's going to do a great job. So no, I think we're in uh, we're in good shape. We got to work at it because the odds are against us overall. But when you look beyond that. We're in good
1: shape. By the way, the Republicans even came out, and Rob Astorino on this show a couple of weeks ago accused Lee Zeldin of voting with Andrew Cuomo almost every single time. And uh, while I like Rob and I like Andrew, I have endorsed, as you know, Peter Lee Zeldin since day one. I can't help but think... That's why he's winning in the polls. Anyway, Peter King here with uh, Bernie and Sid on this this Wednesday morning. Zelensky is set to speak to Congress via Zoom, I guess, coming up at 9 o'clock this morning. Bernie has been all over it this morning. I think he pretty much told you what to expect. I think you'd agree with Bernie. You're going to get a lot of the no-fly zone. So all this stuff, basically, that will put us into World War III is what Zelensky wants and we don't want. Yes? No.
0: (laughs) No, now, Listen, I, I respect you and Bernie, your views on this. But right up till now, Zelensky has shown a heroism that I don't know any other leader in the world is showing. As far as World War Three, I think there's more of a chance of World War Three if we just uh, allowed Putin to go in there. The fact is, this goes beyond Ukraine. You see this right now, this forming alliance between Russia and China. You're going to see European countries who are now standing with NATO if... Uh, Russia is allowed to establish itself without much of a fight. There, you're going to see Germany going over because Russia is now, will then have the energy control of of, of Europe. It uh, will shown that the United States does not have the uh, you know, the leadership that we should have, and uh, obviously to Joe Biden. But the fact is, it's going to weaken us for years to come. And as far as listen, if the people in nobody's giving them a false hope, these people are. Smart enough, they're doing this all on their own. They want to fight, and they're asking for help, but nobody's making them fight. No one is even saying they're going to win. But to me, if uh, Zelensky is elected leader, like Churchill was in England. Uh, back in 1940, when everyone was saying you should take a deal with the Russians, because, they no, you can't deal with the Russians. If they have a, a peace treaty and they demilitarize, that means Putin's going to treat them the way the Uyghurs have been treated in China. They would rather fight. They've been under the <laughs> Russian rule. They know what it means. They would rather fight and die than live and be tortured. And I think that's it. And, uh, but again, uh, nobody wants World War Three. Nobody's saying put troops in there. But I think that to allow them to take Ukraine uh, and just take it and us not to give Ukrainians, the weapons they want to fight with, to me would be uh, not only hurt, hurting them, hurting ourselves and hurting the NATO alliance in the long term. And I've always been shaky on NATO anyway. It's the strongest NATO has been really in years. And I would want to lose that uh, sense of solidarity because if Ukraine is lost, it is going to be Poland soon. It, it could even be... But hunger you don't know. So it's a, it's a dangerous world. And well, like it should have been stopped, I think you have to stop Putin.
2: Listen, uh, Putin or, or the Russian army already exposed itself as being weak, ineffective, not a fierce fighting force. And you have none other than uh, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Bill O'Reilly saying that a no-fly zone would lead to World War III. And I happen to agree with them. Uh, I don't
0: consider Bill O'Reilly a military expert. I mean, I was on with <laughs> him the other night on Catch a Night, I <laughs> was saying, Jack, you know, General Jack Keane doesn't know what he's oh, talking about. Oh Jack Keane was the one who put together the surge policy in Iraq, which did work. That was the one part of the policy which worked. Okay. worked effectively. Yep. So, uh, and Ted Cruz, listen, Ted Cruz has been out there for years. So I'm not, I'm not overly. All right. Here. Okay, it's let's go back. Marco Rubio, as you like.
2: Let's go back to Jack Keane. Jack Keane is against a no-fly zone for the same reason. General Keane is against a no-fly zone. Now, you heard Zelensky yesterday talking to the Canadian Parliament, and he indicated that Ukraine would not – in other words, he indicated a willingness to negotiate with Putin. He said that Ukraine does not want to be part of NATO. I'll concede that. So he's he's hinting – that he's open to negotiations, shouldn't we pursue that more than a no-fly zone?
0: Yeah, if they're negotiations, but not you know, not a sellout. I mean, uh, you know, what does it mean by negotiation? Does that mean demilitarizing? Does that mean you're bringing down your military and you leaving yourself open to being invaded by uh, Russia? I mean, Russia is going to be running the country. What does that mean to have a Russian puppet? running ukraine what does but, it mean but look they already they
2: already invaded and they, they they've proven that they can't handle it they can't do it so if it would stop the war right now why not do that
0: because what would that mean what what, what does stopping the war mean is putin going to pull all his troops out
2: no okay. well maybe so
1: if we negotiate that
0: is he going to allow Zelensky or any pro-ukrainian leader to be there no no not. no so then in effect they become part of russia and they would be part of the subjugation that they lived under, which they rebelled against. So, I mean, it's, uh, that's up to them to say, listen, if Zelensky wants to negotiate, that's fine. But just to say negotiate for the sake of negotiating, to me, is wrong.
1: Peter King on fire this morning. I like when he disagrees with me and Bernie. I like that. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. we did the Governor Hochul stuff. We did the Ukraine-Russia stuff. we got to get back to sports here because that's the, you're really good at that. And you're a huge sports enthusiast. And you're a diehard, like me and Bernard, Diehard New York Mets fan, which by the Mets should be really good this year. That is a really good roster. And man, could they pitch. They go five deep. But uh, this, uh, this uh, mandate nonsense, which you know, we just saw Kyrie Irving score 60 points for the Brooklyn Nets last night, but he couldn't play two days ago in Brooklyn. This could be the case with Aaron Judge in the Bronx and who knows how many Mets players because Eric Adams won't uh, stop this, this ridiculous nonsense, which makes no scientific and or common sense to begin with. What, what is Eric Adams doing with the baseball stuff?
0: I have no idea. It makes absolutely no sense at all. Listen, people can argue or disagree about when you needed the vaccine, when you needed a mask. The fact is, it's over with. If you can have 20,000 people in Madison Square god, if you can have restaurants filled, uh, and this is, by the way, is going to be outdoors. So I don't know what, what he's talking about. It uh, makes no sense whatsoever. It's a, it's a COVID hangover that some people have. I mean, listen, we have to watch it going forward, see what happens. But right now, there's absolutely no reason why we can't go back to a normal life. And to me, the health of New York, the average kid in New York who's a Yankee fan, his mental health is going mean, to be helped a lot more by having Aaron Judge out there on the field and playing. Agreed. So, I mean, this is, uh, you know, so, uh, no, it, 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 I, I don't know what Eric Adams is talking about. What he should be doing is really working with the police to make sure that, you know, the crime unit works on the street to make sure that uh, the city becomes safe. Not uh, somehow spying on Aaron drugs to see if he got his vaccination. (laughs) Uh
2: By the way, Bruce Blakeman, the uh, Nassau County executive and your friend, uh, Congressman Peter King, he went up to Albany yesterday to try to, uh, you know, exhort the legislature to change the no cash bail law. You know, any results, any effective results from uh, his meetings with with these uh, state legislature people?
0: I haven't spoken to Bruce. I'm pretty sure there's going to be no quick result. But unlike Eric Adams, who went to Albany and just uh, said, you know, they said, no, I'm going home. Bruce will keep this fight going as long as he can. He's doing a great job as county executive. You know, you and I are very friendly with Laura Curran. It's not anti-Laura Curran, but Bruce has done a great job. And he's taken the fight to them. I mean, from day one where he uh, had his inauguration with uh, no mask required, and everyone said everybody in the, in the, uh, the hall was going to die of COVID. <laughs> Nobody got sick, and everyone's doing fine. His yeah. first thing was to sign the executive order, saying the kids didn't have to wear masks. So, no, Bruce has been uh, – he's doing the job, and uh, if anyone can lead and you know, really mobilize other county executives and mayors, and maybe he can bring Eric Adams with him the next time when they go up there, and they can fight to get the bail reform, and other changes made in this whole – criminal justice uh, nonsense of the last several years where cops became the enemies and the gangs in the street became the heroes.
1: Uh, Peter King is always an amazing, amazing appearance. One of your all-time best, to be honest, on fire this morning. So thank you so much for hopping on and tell all your friends that uh, they can learn more about my personal life on my Instagram page and they can call Bernie at home. (laughs)
2: Long live the king.
1: Hey Bernie, maybe we'll talk later on to get ready for tomorrow, okay?
2: Yes, indeed. We will. Yes. Uh, Congressman Peter King and I will be hosting the noon hour tomorrow on St. Patrick's Day, celebrating all things Irish and all things St. Patrick's Day. Tomorrow at noon, Congressman Peter King and myself on 77 WABC. I'll talk to you later, Peter.
1: Okay, Bernie. Good enough. Bye. See you, buddy. Thank you very much.
2: This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert
1: hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working.